Chris Galsey here with Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, we head back to the ghost face well one more time with Scream 6. Do we find that oh-so-refreshing potion of scares, nervous chuckles, and meta-commentary? Or is there not enough left in the vein to fill the bucket? Then we take a journey to a time long, long ago and a star system very, very near with Adam Driver and 65. We run down the physical media, straight to DVD and streaming picks of the week. Then we wrap it all up with the post-Oscar breakdown from the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> Let's get this party started with Scream 6. Special Agent Kirby Reed, FBI. I work out of the Atlanta office. Mm. You lost. Here are two Vicks for residents of my city before they moved here for college. I have been investigating their online activity for the past few months. Why? They take a special interest in ghost face attacks. Kirby? Hey, Sam. What? What? Huh? What? Eh? What? K? Poor K? <laughs> Matt, the Scream sequels... We're on the track again. Mm-hmm. All right? We're just going to start rolling with these out again all the time. In fact, Matt, dare I say, are we officially a franchise now? Mm-hmm. They seem to think so. The characters in this uh, film seem to think so. Um, I'll tell you what it's all about. They, Please. Uh, the, the survivors of uh, Scream 5, or just Scream, as the case may be, uh, they move to New York, go to college, and of course, wouldn't you know it, somebody's interested in coming after them and recreating the Ghostface killings. But this one's a little different because they're tapped in to the ghost face killers of the past and stuff happens. I know, right? Don't want to spoil it for you. I'm doing something very special today and it's already messing me up. I have two things, Matt, for the listeners at home. A, I've engaged my standing desk, so I'm actually standing while recording this. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. And then also I tried using my my, uh, AirPods. I Mm -hmm. got the newer ones because I like the Dolby Atmos kind of music. Sure. But the playback... In my ears is like a half a, like a second delay, so <laughs> it's slowly driving me crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to mute that. What I'm having is I won't be able to hear uh, the clips, but that's all right. I'll uh, I'll I'll make that work. So, Scream Six, we are officially a franchise, like you said. And I got to tell you, Matt, uh, gosh darn it, I thought this was pretty good until the Scooby Doo reveal at the end. Mm, okay. Uh, what what about you? I, I admired it. It's ending for its silliness. I mean, mm-hmm. it is basically ridiculous and over the top. I guess maybe that's what we're going to get now going forward. Right. But what were your thoughts on Scream Six? Is it a worthy air quotes sequel and in the Scream franchise here? Yeah. See, I don't know. I kind of struggle with this because there are things that I really liked about this movie. This really seemed to mm-hmm. up the gore factor. It was a lot more mean. And as far as the kills go, um, I kind of liked parts of this. Like I thought the opening scene was cool. I had my girl Samara weaving on there. I was Yay. happy to see her for a little bit. Um, there are sections of this that are quite effective. I thought the whole subway scene I thought was very cool and was very suspenseful. But there are things that I really just do not like about this. I don't think Hayden Panettiere is particularly good at all um, in this. Mm. I was not excited to see her come back. Um, even though I kind of liked her in Scream 4, I didn't think she was particularly good yeah. in this. Um, yeah. I Dermot Mulrooney, 
he made some choices. I wasn't really all into him either. That, yeah, particularly at the ending. That is... Uh, there are some choices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you just have the usual typical Scream stuff. I saw somebody on Letterboxd or Twitter like basically lay out the entire plot. And a thing that always gets me is why anybody's just not killing the main characters or like attacking Ghostface when he's like for the 17th time, like on the ground and vulnerable instead of just taking him out, like running away kind of thing. I really just couldn't take that as we kind of continued through this. Um, well, I feel like they kind of tackle that a little bit. There's a couple times when they try and do that, but Ghostface is kind of faking them out. Mm. I think each time there's mm-hmm. one time where he stabs a guy and a time where he stabs a gal, mm-hmm. you know, when he looks incapacitated. Right. Or at least attempts to. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess... It's, again, not, as, it's not as blatant, I would say, as it has been in the prior mm-hmm. films. You're entirely mm-hmm. right about that, though. Right. And, like, Ghostface is just a terrible killer just because he, he just... He could have taken out all of these guys so much quicker with the, instead of, uh, you know, the, the typical, oh, they're let's just leave them be because I think they're dead kind of thing, which is a trope that is starting to get old for me. And one thing, too, and I know this is kind of spoilery, but one of the whole plot points about one of the deaths of the characters, if that things don't shake out, like, what is what is they going to do for the rest of their lives? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. If, I, <laughs> I just, I mean, I guess you assume another identity, I guess, but it's, I guess. it's a weird that we're, well, I guess, I mean, if you're that dedicated to seeing, to get your, you know, revenge, I guess, like, right. I guess we can say that because, I mean, all these killers at some point have been getting revenge for some reason or another, it's really not. Mm-hmm. a big mystery there but um yeah i think that it had an appropriate amount and i think it appreciated levels of violence this time out i think it was much more intense and effective than i think the last batch have been i think this is an improvement over the most recent one mm, yeah uh, not much right but i i did enjoy it a little bit more i would say it's superior barely and i think it's kind of odd and fun that they transition to new york city mm-hmm. because all at once you're in this sprawling kind of metropolis type place, right? But then it still feels even more confined mm-hmm. by being in the city, which I thought I appreciated. And I think that the, uh, um, what, do they, what do they call themselves? The directors, don't they call themselves like a particular name? I can't remember what it is, like as a group. So Matt, they call themselves Radio Silence. They did the previous Scream film, which like we said, is okay. But they also did Ready or Not, mm-hmm. which uh, I guess is where is our tie into Samara Weaving, though right. she does the Drew Barrymore role in this one. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's fine. It's good. It's interesting. I enjoyed it. I uh, listen. You're never going to replicate. I think Matt the impact of the original film. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, as a franchise, Matt, how do you feel about Scream at this point? Are we now? We're just going to make three, four films. We're going to shut down for about four years, and they're going to reboot again. I guess this is what our pattern is going to be now until we're both dead. Yeah. See, I was not a huge fan of the franchise. I liked the first one. I thought it, I think it's, you know, a classic uh, slasher film, uh, introduces all the kind of meta stuff. The two and three, not great. Um, four, I actually liked more than I thought I would. I think it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. I was not super impressed with five and I was not impressed with this. Um, they, it's the same kind of thing. They all have their moments, but they're hardly cohesive. Um, and I think it's really to its detriment that it just doesn't all come together in a satisfying way for me. I thought it was fine, except like I said, just the ending. But that's again, that's the scream hallmark at this point is mm-hmm. that Scooby Doo ending. So I guess I can't be too upset with it. I did enjoy their nods to other superior horror films, <laughs> particularly in the uh, subway scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
though the murder party guy shows up at the frat party earlier, but I love the fact that the don't look now uh, little people were yeah. on the subway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. lots of little stuff like that. So if you're a fan of horror, there's a lot of you know Leonardo DiCaprio memes mm-hmm. where you get to sit up and point type stuff. So that's good. Uh, one thing I am extremely tired of, I will admit, is the rules scene. Yeah. I am. I, there's only so many ways. You know, you can you can. Uh, what's a good phrase? I'm gonna make a one. You can you can slice some bread. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, and I'm just that <laughs> section outside of the stinger. Did you wait for the the um, at the end of the trailer with the post credit scene? Um, I was sitting through the post credit scene because I looked it up to see if there was one, and then I happened to read what it was, and I was like, oh no, and I just got up and left. I didn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't uh, need to see. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was cute. That basically she says, says not every movie needs a post credit scene. And right. Ends. Right. 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 But I just the, the rules that part of it. I'm done. I'm I'm ready to move on. We've run that into the ground. I mean, I know it's a hallmark of the franchise, though, right? Mm-hmm. So. How do you get away with that? Or you could just say, someone says, now the rules for a triple threequel, then someone says, shut up! And then everybody just moves on, then 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 that would be okay. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, sure, you're not getting rid of them. So I guess that's maybe the best you can hope for. And it's not Jamie Kennedy. True. So True. that is a bonus on, mm-hmm. on my part here. Um, are we missing Sidney Prescott? Are we missing Nev Campbell? Not really. Um uh... I'm fine with Nev Campbell not showing up. I think that's, you know, she came back, did her thing, and and that's probably pretty much all we need. Um, you know, Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox uh, didn't add much to it. I think at this point they're they just kind of got to move on from the legacy cast members that are still around as far as their characters go, and just kind of let it be. What about the twist that we? And again, this is a slight spoiler as well. We keep the body count relatively low, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. which we haven't done previously. What are your thoughts on that? Is it a nice way to kind of twist things up a little bit that we did, some people didn't die that maybe we thought would? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it was... These things don't ever have big body counts, to be quite honest with you. there's. I mean, they're all very meticulous, and they all have a set, set of people that they're going to kill. Um... It's basically really the big guess of this and any of this is just to see which of the named main characters get out alive. That's really the the kind of question that you have, right? Yeah. And I think, too, good, uh, one thing I didn't I, – I don't think they handled particularly well is that I like the fact that Sam Carpenter – and again, I love that last name <laughs> – is – leaning into her roots or genetics whatever the case may be right and using her bloodlust i guess for good air quotes i don't know uh but i think they kind of fumble that a lot when they talk about well one of them may snap and then turn and become the killer type of thing and i feel like that's never really explored or it seems more just as a red herring every single time but it's a clumsy one and also that i feel like if we're going to go that route at some point we're just not going to do it well. And I don't know if I really want to see it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that I, I don't think that that uh, Melissa Barrera, who plays Sam Carpenter, she doesn't have a ton of charisma, in my opinion. Um, she seems kind of blank. Uh, she kind of doesn't fill out the hero role. Uh, she seems more like somebody you would find in, you know, after the trauma of the revenge film. That's kind of like what you're getting in this. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't really fit to me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I don't know if I have much of an issue with Barrera, but uh, that's fine. I think 
we do get um yeah, I think Ortega's good. I enjoyed yep. Ms. Ortega in this. Although I didn't like her bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like a is it a Wednesday Adams thing? I think she so, had yeah. to hold those over? Maybe, maybe. And I enjoyed the friends too a little bit more than I did in the last film. Yeah. You know, I I I I don't know, I was more into them. And I see we get Roger Jackson back. Again, I hope that guy stays around if we're going to keep making these movies unless they just AI the uh, ghost-faced uh, voice modulator voice right. at some point, which we right. probably will end up doing. So, and then finally, I would say Hayden Panettiere. I, I'm not a big fan of her becoming a Fed. I don't know what it is, given her prior <laughs> character. It just doesn't. It just didn't feel right to me. Right. I guess that's how they got to figure out a way to shoehorn her in here, and it right. is fan service. And I did enjoy her, though. Like you said, there are some questionable choices there as well. But um, making her a member of the FBI just seemed weird. And then I like that they used, and this is purposeful, though, um, unfortunately, I almost wish they would do something like this more often, is using the beat-up masks. Mm. Yeah, you know? I did like that. Like, the, Jason always looked best, I think, when his hockey mask wasn't pristine. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of a fun little thing that they work with. So, yeah, I guess that's it, Matt. Um, I gave Scream 5 a B. I think this is a little better than that. First off, I think I'm wrong about that. I think that's a C plus film at this mm-hmm. point, retroactively. Mm-hmm. And I would give this then a B minus if I'm going with my retroactive correction there. Yeah. I'll have to f- figure that up on the uh, calculator. Calculator. The report card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I am going to go pretty uh, pretty much lower than i think uh than we usually are i'm gonna give it a c i think it's very middling entry in a in a franchise that's quickly losing its steam well i don't know man it did pretty well it already doubled its um uh, basically its uh budget so mm. i think there'll be more of these and then of course uh, nepo baby jack quaid does show up briefly so i know <laughs> if you're a fan of the of the jack meister from that or whatever that show is on the boys the, um, the boys is good boys yeah yeah i yeah. still haven't i watched like the first season of that and i just haven't uh <laughs> you're just i not think into, i even finished the first season you're not into tv chris let's just give it up at this point i mean i finished watch, last of us you watch you watch what mrs first run wants to watch with you and that's basically it hallmark yeah, yeah. that's what you guys watch albert alamary mm-hmm. shrinking <laughs> we rewatched all of Ted Lasso in anticipation of this week's premiere, so we're very excited about that. There you go. So you watched, you rewatched three seasons of a show you've already watched instead of watching something new. Two. It's two two seasons. Is it two seasons? Excuse me. Yeah, this is the third. Okay. If you had a chance to see Scream Six, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, March 21st. It's a lean week. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It's a lean week. And there's really only one. Well, no. We have a correction about a certain 4K series. But there's one movie, Matt, that's actually jumping right from DVD to 4K. It mm. never got a Blu-ray release. And you're right. You know, most days it is my own business. But right now, as fate would have it, my business is all about you. I'm sorry about me. That's right. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Charles Keefe, one of your regular VIPs, ring a bell? No, should it? Yes, it should, because right now he's on his way to your hotel, and that's why you need to keep listening. No, no, I don't think, I, I don't have to do that. Yes, you do, if you want your dad to live. 
What did you say? You heard me. You heard him, Matt. That's right. Wes Craven's Red Eye is getting mm. its 4K premiere, skipping Blu-ray entirely. Okay. From DVD to Red Eye. So if you want to pick that up, you can. We'll talk a little bit about that more, though, because we've got to get a little deeper in the countdown. So our, um, what do we say, Matt? Is it? Number five. Ah, I ah, edited it for you. you. Thank you. That's awesome. Dragon Slayer is being released in 4K and on Blu-ray, as well as a steelbook. 4K restoration of the film approved by director Matthew Robbins. Matt, did you ever see Dragon Slayer? The uh, kind of classic, yeah, is that's it the one. Say, that's the one from like the late Fantasy? 80s, early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I, yeah, I've seen that movie. Includes commentary by Matthew Robbins and Guillermo del Toro oh. as a new feature. And a bunch of making of featurettes as well. So you can check that out. And then... Four! I, we'll get into this with my Oscars. I, I got burned on this one. Uh, but Babylon is being released uh, on Blu-ray and in 4K as well as a steel book. And includes some deleted and extended scenes. Uh, I take a peek into Justin Hurwitz's musical process as well and the scoring of. I got burned on that one. I really thought that this was going to win. And uh, yeah. And more. So if you're a Babylon fan, now you can pick it up. Get three coffins ready. Uh, huh? Huh? <laughs> Matt, then we, the aforementioned Red Eye is being released. Rachel McAdams, Cillian Murphy. 4K restoration of that one. Brand new audio commentary by the editor, Patrick Lassier. And a filmmaker focus, Wes Craven and Red Eye, and then a featurette and an, an archival commentary featuring Wes Craven and more. And then number, what is it called? Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought two too many. So is that okay? I feel like the problem is the music. Mm-hmm. It would jump. It would be like a weird cut. Right. Gotcha. Number two, Megan, unrated, being released on physical media Blu-ray. Still, I don't believe a 4K announcement yet, but you may want to hold tight and wait for that, I think, at this point. Watch the uh, unrated version on Peacock and a couple making a feature to go along with that. And then finally, there can be only one. Criterion Collection is releasing uh, David Lynch's Inland Empire as an actress delves ever deeper into a work for a high-profile filmmaker. Her personality becomes increasingly fragmented, Matt, while her world starts turning nightmarish and surreal. Brand new 4K restoration of this. This will be available in 4K, as well as two films from 2007. One just called Lynch, and then one called Lynch 2. And uh, new conversations with the actors Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan. 75 minutes of extra scenes. A 2007 short film by Lynch called Ballerina, and more. And then finally, Matt, we got a little piece of clarification here. It looks like, remember when I said that all the Rocky films are being released individually? Mm-hmm. It may actually be that they were being released individually as steelbooks at Best Buy. Gotcha. Okay. Not individually. Like, you couldn't okay. buy them on Amazon or Target or anything like that. Okay. And Rocky Four makes its debut. And it looks like the the uh, Ivan Drago or the Rocky Drago cut is not included. Mm. So the only way to get that in 4K is to buy the box set. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week is going to be Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. The Left Behind series, Matt, has returned. This time, directed and written, and I don't know if you wrote actually, but directed and starring. Take a guess. And Kirk it's Cameron? not... No. Ooh, that's a good guess. Who's the other big one? Who's actually kind of an action star-ish? Oh, uh... Not Scott Baya. Mm, God. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't, I, I, I can't remember. The words you're looking for are Kevin and Sorbo. Ah. The only light after the world falls into chaos is a charming new leader who rises to the head of the UN. But does he bring hope for a better future, Matt? Or is it the end of the world? 
What should we be streaming this week? Um, so if you want to catch up on some Oscar bait films that didn't win, maybe should have, but didn't win anything, uh, Tar is available on uh, Peacock, if you're one of the five people who have Peacock. Uh, it's a Ouch. great performance by Kate Blanchett. And um, if you're not, if you're not one of the five people who have Peacock, you can watch Triangle of Sadness, which is available on Hulu. Ooh, very good. So did you finish The Last of Us? I haven't. No, I haven't. Ooh. I'm way behind. I cannot listen. I was looking at some of the reactions online and I'm like, people are freaking out or they're like, man, what is it? Is he like a bad guy? All this other stuff. And I'm just like, wait till you get to season two. I cannot <laughs> wait to see people's reactions to <laughs> season two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they did, I guess, announce today that there will be multiple seasons for the okay. second game, which I think you'd have to. Right. There's just so much ground to cover in that game. I don't think there's any way you right. can get through the whole thing in like a 10 episode series so all right good times matt let's keep rolling then spend a few minutes and talking about uh 65 a movie who i thought looked oh that could be kind of fun in a little sci-fi action genre kind of way yeah there's something alien out there location unknown charter 373 this is Commander Mills. My ship was hit by an undocumented asteroid. Transporting 35 passengers on a long-range exploratory mission. Send help. Send help, Matt. Indeed. Send a lot of help. <laughs> oh... So Adam Driver, he's the captain of this ship, and they're transporting, like, what, 30-something people? I don't know. In stasis and uh, to another world for some reason. Mm -hmm. They do this little bait-and-switch thing at the beginning of the film to make you think he's going on a certain mission, but really this is later on Mm -hmm. in time at a different mission. Now, this is also set 65 million years in the past on Earth. So Adam Driver and a whole bunch of people that look kind of like us are on this planet. Now, I guess it's possible that we could evolve similarly in other planets and other galaxies. Mm-hmm. I guess. Why not? Well, maybe, maybe, well, I guess this is revealed in the trailer, but maybe like all of the dead passengers that were on what became Earth, maybe their DNA seeded something. I don't know. Maybe that's all oh, I can think. Yeah. I don't know if that's how evolution works. If no, we go it's backwards not. It's not at all. But I'm, but I'm really, I'm really straight. <laughs> I'm really reaching here, you know. So just trying to give so it anyway, more credit than it deserves. Yeah. So he gets his his ship runs into uh, an undocumented uh, asteroid field issue, and he crash lands on Earth. And it's up to him to now fight his way through a bunch of dinosaurs, or as I like to call them, dinosaurs. And <laughs> then he has to rescue this one woman and get to the one escape pod so he can get back to his world. Young, I should say woman, this young girl, mm-hmm. who may or not be a stand-in for his deceased daughter. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 65, Matt, how do you stumble on your entire conceit? Like, how does that happen? So you have this, I think, the, the germination, or the germ of a great idea, the seed of a great idea, I think, for a movie. Clearly something you probably thought of when you were in middle school. <laughs> and then you kind of try and build stuff around it. But for me, all the dinosaur stuff just 
the whole I think the whole point of what we're doing here is barely engaging. I don't even want to get into the emotional core of this film, which is non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, it's more set dressing than it is any kind of actual connection that we have with any of these characters. And it's not scary enough. The family drama angle feels like an add-on desperate attempt to raise stakes. And it's entirely hollow. Mm-hmm. Matt, what, did you have a similar experience? Or do you really like this thing? No, I didn't really like this thing. I, I think um, I think one of the main flaws and where this thing kind of falls apart is a decision to have the lone survivor, the girl that he's supposed to be building this kind of bond with as a surrogate for his, his deceased daughter. They make the decision that they don't speak the same language and they have a problem communicating. So it really... You don't get any opportunity to, for them to kind of build this bond that's believable kind of thing. Um, and it, it if you're going to try and rely on that as your emotional stakes, doesn't really work here. Um, you know, Ariana Greenblatt doesn't have a lot to do. Um, Adam Driver kind of gives this weird impression that he's phoning it in. Um, you know, I... Nitpicky, but the dinosaurs are not any kind of dinosaur that I recognize. They all seem dinosaur. pretty much... They yeah. weren't straight out of uh, Jurassic Park. T-Rex, I think. T-Rex-ish kind of thing, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> weirdly, they're all carnivores. Everything is is peril. Like you never run into like a brontosaurus or something. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. munches on plants. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's all... I, I Somebody had a... A, a comment on it. I don't remember who it was and I apologize for not attributing it to you, but they said something to the effect of this is like somebody wrote a first draft, wrote a treatment, and then they just went straight to film. Like it didn't, like it needed mm. more time to kind of be worked and, and massaged a little bit and maybe punched up a little bit. And that just didn't happen. No, I mean, and it, there's, I think there's opportunities here. I think you can really lean into the monsters mm-hmm. and the fear, I think, mm-hmm. but they don't at all. And it's, it's, it's a being just kind of a dull survivor story. You know, I, I appreciate that it tries to bring back the quicksand death, which is a move <laughs> in a film we haven't seen in a very long time. So I like that. Uh, and we have Chekhov's poison dinosaur tooth that yeah. finally does make an appearance at the last possible moment, I guess. Right. The fact that they have to rely on the dinosaur to knock over the escape craft so it can be in the proper position. To, I mean, just so the it's just a coincidence is it's a hat upon a hat upon a hat in this film. The fact that the asteroid belt ends up being the asteroid that's going to wipe out all the all the life on the Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, all of this stuff is just. All right. You're right. That's what it is. It needs to be punched up a bit. And I had another two. I had a bad experience watching this. Mm. I think my the bulb in my theater is failing because it was very dark. Okay. But but not just dark, but like not at all vibrant, like almost kind of dull. Mm-hmm. And then I pop into that. I go right from this mat into Scream, into the Dolby Theater, and it's just so much brighter and full of life. So I can only assume, assume that we had a bad bulb, or at least one that's starting to go. Right. I, I can forgive masking. I don't want to, but I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. That theaters, particularly AMC, doesn't mask their, their screens anymore. But come on, man. Really, just I know you try and squeeze every minute of life out of this bulb. And there's a great little Twitter thread about this, too, like what, a week or two about all of this that I read. But yeah, it's horrible. So if you're at the AMC Veterans here in Tampa, Theater 19, you're going to have some issues until they swap out that bulb. So, but 
really overall it's just it's a wasted opportunity i need you to lean into something maybe up 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 the violence up the scares or and maybe too i don't know if adam driver's your guy Right. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a, a movie that's perfect to have been released in 2003, starring either like The Rock or Vin Diesel, <laughs> or even better yet, Matt, 1985, vintage Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. And I think we may have something, that, but it has to add either some cheesiness to it or add, or lean into the violence and the scares. And it doesn't neither. It's kind of this middle-of-the-road PG-13 sci-fi film that really satisfies nobody. Right. Yeah, they really, like, I completely agree with you. They should have either leaned heavily into the scare and the violence, or they should have just made it a straight-up action-adventure film, but they don't really do either. They try to make it this sci-fi family drama with some a few monsters lurking in the in the shadows. It just doesn't work. Yeah, like you said, too, the dinosaur. I always like that Jurassic Park pronunciation. <laughs> Design, for the most part, isn't that interesting? We think we reuse one of the dinosaurs a couple times. Right. And for me, the most unsettling thing for me is the little bug dinosaur that gets in her mouth. Yeah. That was deeply unsettling. So I guess that's <laughs> one of the few times when I was kind of like, oh, God. Right. But that's about it. That's like a weird personal phobia thing I have about sure. bugs and stuff in my mouth. Sure. But uh, very specific. But yeah, man, I'm giving uh, 65 a big old D. Wow. Yeah, um, I wasn't that harsh on it. I gave it two and a half stars, which translates to a C plus. So that's what I'm gonna have to stick with because I'm a man of integrity. C plus, really? Yeah. yeah, I would give this a two stars. Would that still be a D? How does no, that would be a C. That would be a C. Oh, I would think three stars was a C, and four would be a B, and five would be an A. Well, five is an A. Four and a half is an A minus. Four is a B plus. Three and a half is a B. Three is a B minus. So B minus. Three is a B minus. I guess I'm I'm not. I guess in my factorization, I'm not allowing for pluses and minuses there. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. So I guess well, zero stars would be an F. Yeah. Right. 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 Or a half a star. I think works out to be a be an F. I'm officially confused. What are your thoughts on 65? <laughs> Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. I think we've already given this film more airtime that i think it deserves and really if you want to watch a uh, some kind of media where a, a, a guy has to drag an orphan girl across a country to get to point x just watch the last of us mm-hmm. on hbo there you I think go. so much more interesting experience so uh, feedback at the first run.com all right matt let's break my heart spend a few minutes and talk about my latest l in our oscars competition come on The only thing I do know is that we have to be kind. Please, be kind. Especially when we don't know what's going on. I understand that you're not a fool. I'm not a fool. It's just that we choose the process. Don't say that. So, Matt, 
everything everywhere all at once. The Daniels did the rare. I don't think it's ever actually happened where they swept all the major categories. Uh, no, they didn't sweep. Uh, no, they didn't get best actor. Oh, that's right. They didn't get best actor. You're right. Because right, they didn't have one. Right. But everyone they were nominated in mm. for the best ones, for the, the major ones, they did okay. win. Okay. So I think that's the issue you have right there. So, Matt, I did horribly. Let's um, <laughs> be, be straight up from front. I, 18 out of 23 for me. Okay. All right. I was 22 out of 23, folks. I think I think I won last year, and I think I won the year before that, too. Chris. Oh! <laughs> Chris had many, many years of dominance that he rubbed in all of our faces, and now, oh, yeah. now he's fallen behind because he's making choices based on what he thinks should win, not what is actually going to win. That I don't know, man. I, I part of it too is I didn't have a lot of time to reference reference to to uh, sure. look all this up this year. So, and I did have my what I thought should wins right. So, acting a re- leading role, I thought. Brennan Fraser was going to win, but I was going back and forth on Colin Farrell. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that there's a subtlety to Farrell's performance that is absent in Fraser's. Yeah, that I think is just makes it a little more powerful. And uh, what other one too? Actress in the supporting role is the one I think is absolute bullshit. <laughs> All right, I am sorry. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. I've loved her basically my entire life. Mm-hmm. But th- she is entirely outshone in this i really she is the weakest out of all of these for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. i my pick was carrie condon from banshees of a sharon yep which i think is hands down the best supporting uh performance by an actress this year followed then i'd say by stephanie Zhao for everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. and then i would go hong chow yeah. in the whale and then angela bassett mm-hmm. and jamie lee curtis would be number five for me sure the fact that she won is just i can't wrap my head around it it seemed it really smacked of a lot of um, one of these kind of awards for like their career kind of thing. Like I don't know. I you know I, look, man, I'm not saying I disagree with you. This, I mean, the Oscars are all a bunch of bullshit. I don't see why we care. It's all a personal sure. popularity contest. I, it's a you know, it's just says something when people who make movies vote on giving themselves awards that just doesn't sit right with me like we care but i mean everything was pointing to that she was going to win i mean everybody was talking about it that was what the the chat I saw was. no i saw no juice on that whatsoever no? so that's interesting i just wasn't tuned into it i guess yeah and the whole thing just like you said the oscars themselves if you look into a how they got recreated mm-hmm. which is a whole thing and then now too the whole controversy with andrea riseborough right how her politicking was wrong but the mm-hmm. other politicking that's done is okay right. it's just unbelievable bullshit so um but yeah no that's just horrible but production design i still think babylon i think was had better production design all mm-hmm. quite in the western front you just had a lot of effects and stuff blowns up real good for the most part <laughs> i just i don't understand that one at all and then where else to go? Original score. I'm sorry. I just think that Babylon had a more interesting score. But uh, whatever, man. All this stuff they did with the production in Babylon, I can't understand that. Yeah. I just. And don't, don't make any mistake, folks. It's not like we thought Babylon was a particularly good movie. But no. It's a well put together movie. Yes. Yeah. It's very competently made. Yeah. It's just, you know. 
And I thought, too, Actus on the leading role, I thought Kate Blanchett could have pulled that out. I really did. Yeah. But I, Michelle Yeoh was my favorite for that. So we, at least I got that one right, too. But I think the big win, too, Matt, what do you thought? It was actor in a supporting role, huh? What would you think about that? I thought that was really cool. Um, I also liked at the end, apparently, I, I'll say for the record, I didn't watch the Oscars. But uh, the fact that uh, Harrison Ford uh, presented the best picture and uh, uh, Kihi Kwan uh, reunited with him. Uh, was i think a cool little moment yeah yeah i i <laughs> i wonder how that how that works out because we didn't i didn't watch them either yeah i watched some clips like this morning yeah and then a couple like last night after i watched the last of us finale and like part of me is like good because like i just i hear it actually wasn't that terribly engaging this right. year i don't know if that's true or not but i just don't i feel like after getting burned so many times and they're like are we this is a deep philosophical question, Matt. Is it, are we like, what's the word I'm looking for? Are we, the fact that we're even talking about it now that we, even though we didn't watch it, mm-hmm. are we kind of, is that hacky or is that like a lack of integrity or what do you think about that? Well, I don't know if it's a lack it's just of us riffing on it and just kind of yelling about stuff. Yeah. Like well, here's the thing. We are a movie podcast. So yeah. like it or not, the Oscars is the biggest award of moviedom um we've seen all these movies which so for the most part except for some of the short films um documentary we haven't seen those but for the most part we've seen 90 percent of what's on there so i think we're qualified to talk about it yeah. if we watch the ceremony or not that's that does i think that's a new point and we're not critiquing the ceremony right. as well so that's right. true that's fair all right i feel a little bit better about that what about uh, again i want to jump back to actor in a supporting role barry keogh Banshee's been a Sharon. Mm-hmm. I think that was, uh, again, I think I, if I could go back and forth between him and Quan, I mm-hmm. really could. Yeah. If you, either one would won, I would be happy. So I'm yeah. happy that Quan won. But I want to give some special shout out to Barry. But again, Carrie Condon. <laughs> it's going to haunt me, just like the other ones have. That one will always stick with me. I just. It's not right, Matt. There's no justice in this world. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio wins best animated feature. Thoughts? Um, you know what? I rattle off what else was in that category. I honestly can't remember. I only seen one of the other films, which okay. is Marcel the Shell, which she was on. Yeah, we did, which was a sweet little film. Yes, Puss in Boots. Well, apparently, that's a great movie, and I'm, I'm going to have to break down and watch it. Yeah, and it's on one of the streamers. I think it's on. It's on Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Um, the Sea Beast. Mm. I don't know what that is. And then yeah. Turning Red. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah, the panda Disney. one. Yeah. The panda period movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I I think it's fine. I mean, I didn't love Pinocchio, but I did respect you know the animate you know the animation in it. I thought it had a really cool yeah. style. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Um, as far as a non-traditional animation goes, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. And it, it, it took enough risks that I think, you know, kind of everything else was more standard. I mean, Marcel, the shell, I think is maybe more touching, but, um, it's not particularly animated because it's, it all kind of takes place in the real world. Mm-hmm. What about your, uh, Top Gun winning just the one? doesn't surprise me i mean it was never gonna win really much of anything um it's too much of a crowd pleaser too much fun we can't have it be fun i'm i'm honestly 
shocked that a genre fun film as you know everything everywhere all at once actually won is this the first time any kind of genre film has won an oscar for best pick best picture oscar no i don't i don't think it can't be it simply can't be we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look and see if there's a sci-fi fantasy or horror film well okay i take that back you're right uh, just off the top of my head, Return of the King one, which was a fantasy film. Obviously, oh yeah, there you yeah, go. For for uh, you know, as a kind of overall thing, a Jamie Lee Curtis. That's what we're going to call it from now on, a Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> it's no longer it's no longer a Lord of the Rings Oscar. It's a Jamie Lee Curtis Oscar. So, but yeah, so all quiet on the Western Front. Um, nope, that's not what I wanted to say. What it is, I, my eyes read that as I was turning away mm-hmm. from the screen. The Oscars. So. One of the things, too, that I saw today that outside of the Banshees of Inisherin erasure, which mm-hmm. basically focuses on just Irish need not apply, uh, is <laughs> that some people are giving, like, people, um, I guess it was AP, I can't remember, tweeted out it's a very poorly worded tweet about how Yao was the first openly, was the first Asian to win an Academy Award for, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, one of the best act categories. The problem is that it's it's best openly identifying as Asian because Merle Oberon had won it decades ago, but she hid her Asian ancestry mm-hmm. because she was concerned it would stop her from getting work. Okay. Right. So people are saying, how dare you erase Michelle Yeoh by saying she, you know, but it's, that's not what it was. It's the, it's the first openly you know person who identifies sure. as asian openly is okay. what that was all about so okay. but generally matt your thoughts then so you're you're pleased with everything everywhere all at once cleaning up there like it did i mean so last year was a pretty weak year and honestly looking at the nominees I didn't have a ton of, like, I didn't have a lot of skin in the game on any of these. Like, I really didn't kind of hold a candle or a flame saying, you know, this is the one, this is the one that has to win. It's not like yeah. a Pulp Fiction Forrest Gump situation, right? So, I I don't know. I was fine with it winning. That's great. But, I mean, honestly, I didn't think it was a particularly strong batch of films. Yeah. I'm going back over my top ten when we did it right and the only two i think were even no i had i had uh i had maverick as my number two look at me i had everyone mm-hmm. everywhere all at once at uh, uh everything everywhere all at once as my number three right and then i had banshees at one batman mm-hmm. was at four moon age daydream five look at me i'm such a geek <laughs> nothing for decision to leave too i'd forgotten about it. i didn't get any nominations so and i had tar in there at number nine all right and how about our boys, RRR, winning Best Original Song? Yeah, I saw that. Another another first. That the Bollywood kind of came through there? No, that it was, um, I think it was the first uh, Best Original Song that wasn't in English to win the Oscar. Oh, that's fun. Did not realize that. So there you go, man. Any other thoughts on the uh, Les Oscars? You know what? I'm glad to put it behind me. I'm ready to move on to Dumb Popcorn Fair, which is where my jam is. That's my my season now until uh, October hits. Um, and, you know, I look forward to not caring, barely caring uh, next year. 
I know. I, Matt has sent over some wonderful marathon suggestions that I have yet to even peek at. I've really got to try and get that done this week because we got to get rolling on some of that stuff. Yeah, we do because uh, we have no second movie for next week, so we have to come up with something. We have a couple options. Okay. I've already nailed down. I'll be passing that information on to you. Okay. So what are your thoughts on uh, this year's Oscars? Or if you didn't watch it like us because you're, you're too cool like we are. Uh, you just want to talk a little bit about the uh, who won, who lost, who got snubs. Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what is coming up next week? Well, we're definitely watching Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Otherwise, I don't know what the second movie is going to be, but Chris is going to tell me. Or he's going to give me a short list of options that he may be gracious enough to let me choose from. That's Yeah, that's probably what we'll go with. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I don't... I don't I'm not really excited about Shazam. <laughs> you know what? I I have Maybe been on record saying that the first Shazam was one of my is one of my favorite of the DCU movies. Um, I enjoyed it a lot when I, when it yep. first came out. I, as we say on this show, I don't have a lot of juice for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know what I'm hearing is actually pretty good because it's directed by the guy who did Game Night. And I didn't realize it. Mm. Your Dungeons and Dragons movie. I know. I've. I was not excited for this. I thought it was going to be really bad, but now I'm holding out that could it be dumb fun? As I watch this, I kind of get ready to watch this thing. I don't know. I'm really holding out that it'll be dumb fun. I I saw a new trailer in front of Scream, uh-huh. and there's a Chris Pine. I think is one of the best deliverers of the word shit in in <laughs> cinema right now. So there's a really nice drop of that in the film. So mm-hmm. that, but I'm not, I think the following week, Matt is, uh, I think what we're really looking forward to, right? That's uh John wick Four. Oh yeah. Which I hear is one of the early buzzes. It's the best entry in the series, which is saying a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, check us out at the first You can find the uh, report card archive of all the old shows and more head over to, uh, Apple podcast and give it a review, help other people find the show. We also are on your social medias. You're, Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your YouTubes, who search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you will find us. And that is it, Matt. So let's go ahead and uh, call it a show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you very much, and we'll see you again soon. Take care. I must break you.